Oh, okay. Well, it's as long as uh, got done, starting relatively on time. Take a look at the copy in front of you from Yirmiya Lamed Ches. Before we begin, we just need this for the backdrop of some information of what's going on between Yirmiya and Tzitkiyah, Melech, Melech, and Beis, which we will get back to, Mitzvah Yesterday's Haftarah, not coincidentally, we're at the cusp of the Chorban, unfortunately, in Navi, and in the timeline of the year, what is central to the Zman is that we don't have a timeline, we have a time circle. Most of the time we like to apply that to happy occasions, and to Yom Tevim, and to Zmanim of Kedusha, and Tziat Tashmaya, but unfortunately it goes in this direction as well. We'll elaborate more on that in Mr. Shemad Shabbos. One passage that's notable in the Haftarah from yesterday, which you will see the Madrega of Yirmiyeh Anavi, not only in Nevoa, but in Bitochen, because at the beginning of the Haftarah, you'll remember Yirmiyeh Aleph, when he sort of, so to speak, gets the job, he says, I'm not worthy, that's not false humility. And it starts with Yidvar Hashem Lemar, that's not in your copy. And the Kosh Baruch Hu tells him that he's going to be the Navi. Yimiel understood full well being the Navi of this particular Tkufa is going to be the most difficult job a Navi ever had. And he doesn't even think he's worthy of being a Navi. His first reaction, and Kosh Baruch Hu reassures him that I will give you the words. That's what a Navi does. And more importantly, Altira Mibnehem Ki Itcha Ani Lahatzilecha. I'm going to save you, so don't worry about it. If it looks like there are many people who want to kill you and arrest you and harass you and everything in between, I will be there to save you, Numashem. So that Pasuk Nest is Altira is going to be kept in mind as Yemiah does everything he will do until the Chorban and through the Chorban and after the Chorban, even though what we're going to see now in Yemiah Lamed Ches is going to be some very, very close calls. And couple that with the fact that last week, Yemiah was already told to put this yoke on his head and shoulders. He's walking around like that for years and years. Already a very difficult uh, physical torture almost, which he does because it's the Dvar Hashem and he will survive. Here, I just want to show you, this is Ephes Katseyu of the harassment and the danger that he was constantly in and the very close near-death experiences that he will have. But he knows, he heard from Akash Baruch Hu, the clarity of Nevoah is central to a Navi, especially to a Yirmiya or Yeshaya. And he knows and he remembers, Hashem says, I will save you. We'd like to think I will save you means that he's never going to get near any pits, jails, uh, arrests, harassment. We'd like to say, Hashem will save me. That means I can get up on the proverbial soapbox. There were three Nevi'im at the time. It's Safania, who we know a lot less about, and not for today, is appointed to give all the drushes and the shuls, which I think is relatively safer then Yirmiya's job was to give to the masses in the shuk, which means out in the open, 
and reaching many, many more people. I can imagine right before the Chorban, there were more people walking around than there were in the Beis Medrash, although there were always people learning and davening. But he was given this job to constantly be out in the street. And in the street, and the Chatzah Beis Amikdash, and it's going to be dangerous. The part we're starting with on page one is Pasig Yud. After already he is arrested, and he is, his message is wildly unpopular, simply because in this case it's true. And his message, uh, more or less, is if you don't do tshuva, the Chorban's coming. And uh, there were plenty of false Nevi'im around that said, no, everything's going to be fine, and Bubble's going to bring back the stuff that they took already, and don't worry about it, and just continue to resist. And then his message is going to become, when he talks to Tzidkiyo Melech that it's not even a message that the Chorban isn't coming. The message is, if the Chorban is coming, what do you do to prevent the damage the most possible way that you can as king? What is your role in surrender? How do you deal with the Bavliyim? It's still not a popular message because they haven't bought into the fact that they're going to lose. Again, it's eerie how similar this is to Chorban Bayasheni, where they didn't have Nevoah, but they had Rabbi Yechem and he sort of started telling them the same thing until he didn't because he was the leader that was standing and they weren't listening anyway and he had to get smuggled out of the city. But many years later, in a different Kufa, same backdrop. There's all of a sudden everybody, and they had the false prophets walking around telling them all sorts of things then, even though Nevoah had stopped a long, long time ago. But it doesn't stop a false prophet. If there's no Nevoah, what difference does it make? If there is Nevoah and you're not it, or if there isn't Nevoah and you're not it. But it's, it appears a little strange to us. Why would anybody believe in Nevoah? They haven't had a real Nevoah in a long time. The answer is desperate people want to believe desperate things. Sometimes in life, that's good. You hold on to something and it gets you through. In this case, it's very damaging. So right now, we're in the middle of the near demise of the Navi because he's in jail, and jail then wasn't three meals a day with exercise programs. Not that it's pleasant in any situation. Chas shalom. But Sitkio, who Be'etzem is a tzaddik, wants to save the Navi and will, but does everything else to him per the instructions of the people. It doesn't stop them because he's scared of the people. And there was what to be scared of. Most of them, the inner cabinet, most of them were Rashaim. Pasuk Yud, top line. V'itzav ha-melech es eved melech ha-kushi, leymar, kach v'yadcha mizeh shleishim anashim. Take 30 people that have to now get him out of the bar because he's sinking. And it's a matter of the next few minutes, and if they don't act, he's not going to survive, at least on paper. What we know from the Avteri is he will, but this is the shliach that is sent. Take 30 men, Valisa as Hanavi Min Habar, literally the jail then was a bar, and this bar was used in particular to have him sink in and never come out again. Beterem Yamus, and it was very immediate. If you look at Rashi, what need 30 people for? So that Rashi you'd say, well, you need 30 people just to get rid of the Rasham who might try to stop them and have an armed conflict as... One guy's getting him out of the bar, and the other 29 are defending the position. Unfortunately, it's not even that good. Rashi says, They need 30 men. Can you imagine how thin and frail Yirmiya was? How much could he have weighed already? They're throwing down ropes to bring him out of the bar. Two people? Three people? Rashi says they needed 30 men because the city was under siege and everybody was starving. 
just physically to lift him up. So it's already a very sorry scene. So first he has to get some material, which means uh, a string is not going to work. He needs, he wants to do this as comfortably as possible. Comfortable is it's never going to be. But he doesn't want him as a frail old tzaddik here, and he wants to bring him up where the rope doesn't rip through his skin. It's still going to be very uncomfortable. He gets all sorts of shmatas. He throws it down to the pit with rope. With clear instruction. Put this under your arms. We're going to hoist you up. And put the chavolim inside. You're going to wrap the chavolim so they don't rip your skin and uh, penetrate and cause pain. So they first have to get him ready for the lift, and then 30 men are going to lift him. That's how deep he was, and time was of the essence because he was getting deeper. We'd like to say, well, Baruch Hashem Titkiyot at the last minute worked up the courage to send the men to save him and bring him back to his inner circle so he can advise him what to do now. Not exactly. He got out of the bar and he went back to jail. There are different levels in jail. None of them were too pleasant. This Chatzar Matara is like a Chatzar in the Harabai's vicinity and it was basically house arrest. And this is where he was, but it was certainly more comfortable and the pastor is going to tell us soon, this is where he stayed till the Chorban. And the Bukhanetzer gave very strict instructions to make sure Yermia is safe. Not to touch him, and to find him and protect him. Not because Nebuchadnezzar is so nice. It just he's scared enough to conquer Yushalayim anyway. He certainly wants some, whatever in his twisted head, what Siat Deshmaya meant, but he knew killing the Navi would not get him any points. And Yermia is here, and the Chorban is going to happen very soon, and there's nothing he could do about it. Uh, it has to be very, very frustrating, but at least they saved him right now. Chazal point out, the Midah connected Midah, everything in Schar Vainish is very, very exact. When a person's doing a mitzvah, it's recorded. And when he does the mitzvah, and he gets it done, but it could have been done in a better way, that's recorded also. And they use this Pasuk Gimel, which you just read, believe it or not. And they connect it with Rachav Zainer's saving, which was incredible mitzvah, saving of Kalev and Pinchas. Because they were in a pretty dangerous situation. As soon as they got there, the KGB came to the house and they burst in. They asked Rachel Vazaina, where are they? Pretty quick. Yericha was a city that wasn't too by nothing. But uh, they found that. Contrast that with 12 spies walking through Eitz Israel for 40 days. Nobody said boo. Chevron got a little... Uh, Dangerous, they saw him, they're going to step on him, and they looked at who, what these grasshoppers doing. Okay, no, no. A brief thing, and somehow they walked out of that, and nobody touched them. Here, they're in Yericho for a few minutes, and the KGB's already in, in the hotel. And as you all know, they hid on the roof. Pinchas was able to hide himself, Baruch Hashem. When you're a half a malach, that gets easier. And Kale was hidden with the sheaves, and then they leave the house. She puts on an incredible act. 
Don't know what you're talking about. I think I saw two guys here, very suspicious looking. They went that way. You better hurry up. And sent them in the wrong direction. And then she has to get them out of the city and send them in the opposite direction. She's right in the wall. But you got to get over the wall. She's on the roof. Picture the house embedded in the wall. And they're on the roof. And she lowers them off the roof. And she uses ropes to lower them. And it's hard to know logistically what the other option was. And Rachel Vazayin was a tremendous sadekas, and she married Yeshua ben Nun. So she must have really been holding. And she saved them, and she, the, the job worked, and the whole mission was successful, and the rest was history. When she lowered them down, she lowered them down with rope, scaling a very steep, rocky wall. And these weren't professional climbers, although we know that, well, Pinchas seemed to be able to do things anyway, but she lowered both of them. Kalev was still strong enough to fight wars later when they get there to Israel. That we're going to get to when we see Shaftim. They're very strong. Um, picturing the wall, as you picture a wall of a city, and uh, going down, dangling from a rope, hitting the wall. They got bruised and scraped, and she did the best she can. And I don't know, she was holding the rope on the other side. She was very strong, or she had a couple of very trusted helpers. You can't trust anybody now. Because they get, what? What was that? Yeah, then it sounds like, okay, the time, the, Chazal have a taina that the good news is, I always like starting off with good news. Good news is the tremendous chus you have in saving these two Moraglim, and you're going to get the Klai Yisrael, and you're going to have descendants, and you're going to have such chos of descendants, they're going to be in the VM. And part of your descendants of this long list of Chasher people is Yemiah Navi. And Yemiah Navi now has the same problem with the scrapes and bruises with all the shmatas and ropes and everything being brought up the bar. It's a very dachistic... Uh, that means there was something Rachav could have done a little better, a little more comfortable, and she didn't. So I, told, I warned you, it's a pella. And like I don't know what the options were because I don't know much about scaling walls and I don't know what tools she had and I don't know what the other maybe yeah, other option was when the KGB's gone let him through the front door I don't know I don't know what the other we don't always have the contrast but we have the Chazal and the Chazal say you do a mitzvah it's great when you say these uh, Chazals on Sunday morning Ladugma somebody comes to your house with stucca so there are five million ways to do this mitzvah and I'm sure we all do it well and we do it well I should think of how can we have done it a little better. Uh, well, we know that they were very nervous about the scraping and the cutting and the bruising because they looking for shmatas to do it more comfortable and lifting him up under his... Uh, I hope never to have the uh, experience uh, to get lifted up, twisted up you know, with ropes they under my... They tried their best. Yeah. It was better than having rope without shmatas. Yes. Yes. So but... I'm, I'm saying like we, don't, we, don't even see we don't say anything in the Pazik. That's why I'm telling you that Chazal... They had a Messiah. Oh, they had a Messiah. They, they had to have because this is so, you would never ever put Rachel Bazan lowering them down the rope with the mission over here to save Yemio from the pit and raising him up. And, but we do know, and Chazal know, that uh, they are connected and that he was a descendant, and that's Schar. The Schar is tremendous. To have a descendant, Yemio, another, unbelievable. It's to have a schus for that? I mean, she, the schus was because she saved them. And this detail was because she saved them in a way where it could have been 20% more comfortable. What that method was is really not that relevant to us, but 
It's an impetus, uh, the Maisa with the gun, uh, telling over with his Rebetzin, who waved down the people from the Nishay and across the street, the Nishay of Homer, and they were trying to collect, and, and they had to deal with each other. Whoever gets to Shemayim first should come down and report. You can't make that deal with just anybody. You better pick your, uh, if you're going to make it a deal, I don't suggest it. Um, you got to be on a Madrega to have a Havamina of that deal that is going to work, and they allow in Shemayim. They don't allow too much information. But she came back and she said this message, the Dikto Kadin is so good in a positive way also. Every doing a mitzvah, not just the stuff we raise, not just the people we help, but even the mice we have to do to start waving and cross the street that everything is marked down. The Pum Tsara Agra. Yes. Second piece of good news is that Klai Yisrael, even at the worst of times, has a lot of tzaddikim and tamid chachamim in the worst of times. And they didn't want to do something that's politically incorrect. The same reason why, speaking of the KGB, I assume they're not the only ones, but in the um, 20s and 30s, when they already had usually one car in the street per village, if they wanted to kill somebody, that one car often got into an accident. Had to bump into the one guy they wanted. It's amazing. These things just happen. Why did they do that? Why did they just kill the guy? The answer is that uh, they didn't want the harassment, and there were 30 people, at least 31, following instructions. And uh, when you want to get rid of somebody, I happen to think, uh, even if the KGB is not officially around, I happen to think there are probably some leaders who are still running the country in that part of the world who got rid of some political enemies, and we're not sure how. Uh, right. <laughs> so... Um, I mean, they were making shots in the pits. Uh, I, I don't know of any chazal. Uh, there were many tzaddikim who sat in jail, unfortunately. And when it, over there, by the way, when they got Yosef out of the bar, it sounds like uh, he was already comfortable from beforehand. The Midrashim tell us that he was so bright, had so much chayn, that the years he was in jail, he was already appointed as the uh, chief. Still wasn't comfortable, but we don't find there they were actively trying to kill him. So here I would I would expect this that there's already enough infighting and uh, is he telling the truth? Not telling the truth? This is not. I happen to be placing you in the middle of Paraglamaches. There are unfortunately many prokem before to describe the other attempts when they try to kill him and they just saved him. We had one last week. I'm just trying to show you a few examples just how dangerous it got. And this is Avtaira started off the first mission. Don't worry, whatever's going to happen. You're going to be saved. We wouldn't, for guarantees, we figured saved means way before we get near the uh, pit when we are sinking in the quicksand. They're like, he was saved. Hashem didn't tell him that you're not going to be harassed and you're not going to feel in danger or not, but you should know that it's going to come out in terms of your personal safety, it's going to come out okay, and you're going to survive, which is what happened. And Yemiya wasn't survive, wasn't surprised, but as he was surviving, it's a test of anybody's bitachin to remember clearly Hashem said you're going to be saved, and it looks like we have like 10 seconds to go on the clock. That's a big nisayim. For us, it wouldn't be a nisayim because we couldn't handle that, but for Yemiya, he remembered, and... Was he saying vidui at this point? It's a good question. Yaakov was worried. He also had a promise. I can't tell you he wasn't saying vidui, but if he was, it was only just in case 
I ran out of schusim because I'm not doing my job, and this is really the end. But Baruch Hashem, it wasn't the end. The same problem with Yaakov Avinu, there's a lot of rate on that. What's content to be was very clear. He got a Navu when he left, and that Navu really got him going. The Navu was on hard bias. He says, uh, and he asked just for begged little bush, lachon lachon. And Akash Bokha said, No, you're going to go and be Amadish because we Gavaldi. He had a very, very serious dream, which was a Navu. And we come to the Yishlach, he still says Katenti. So that's complicated. And the few examples we have, by the way, they. We're worried, but they didn't have anything to be worried about. But we know that from 2020 hindsight. But Yemiel is also saying, yes? So, just to elaborate, so what, then what we have is that we, we, we've always been working with the premise that a Nebula can always be reversed, but a Nebula Tova will not. Now, when we, when we had. Let me so just explain why that is to remind you. And Sifkia, or the other, not Sifkia, the other Navi, the one that was. Uh, that was no, so his whole proof is that you can't, I'm saying it's going to be a churban, and if I'm wrong, that means he did tshuva. So you can't, I can't prove myself, I don't have to prove myself at this point, it's a Navi Musik already. But the other Navi, who's saying Lateva, the difference is, is that when you say Lateva to other people, then this Ramam's Kalal applies, that's the only way to prove it. That can't be rescinded. Well, this Katanti is only by Yachid. Why can't he argue that? It would have worked, but no, no, no. That that's the whole proof. Schlios, so that's no, no, no. That's true. that's the whole raya. If that if that's undone, then you have no raya. This is on a personal level. He never said this over. Yaakov didn't say it over either. Of course, that's the whole chilik. You can't Hashem. If you can't prove it, once you said it publicly, you say, "Oh, they did more avayers." Then you talk. I have no proof. You have to have it in a way where it's got to be provable. If it's a personal thing, then it's not not negated. He never said it to anybody. It's not public. No, now we know it's public when you're sitting here in Muncie reading Yirmiya. No, it wasn't, it wasn't public. Yeah, it starts off with the first thing. and then We know, Hashem said, don't worry, you will survive. Yeah, yeah that's not... Uh, uh, I don't think he would get up and say, by the way, in case you're thinking of harassing me, it's not going to work, I'm going to survive anyway. I doubt it. Everything is written down after me. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Now they put it in Tanapa. Yemia is, is writing this later. <laughs> has to be provable that you're saying something finite will happen. And uh, and this Navi Sheker is going to say something finite. He said, "Oh, they took the Babriam, took the Kalim. It's coming back and such as yeah." And below Nivra. But again, that's said publicly. This is private, and that is clear that that is the uh, that is the difference. Otherwise, you can't prove it. So again, they get him out. I'm just pointing out this connection to Rachel Vazaina is unbelievable. Pasuk Yud Dalid. Ve'yishlach Hamel Tzitkiyah v'yikach Hazim Yom Navi Elov Amavoy Shlishi Hashem Beis Hashem Ve'yemar Melchiyim Yom Shalani Aschab Davar Al Tachachem Ena Davar. This has to be, in my estimation, the most moving and critical account in all of Sefer Yirmiyah. Sefer Yirmiyah is very large and full of nevuahs, full of the. Nevu is Lateva. Notice how we, you know, we ended the Haftar with a very nice few Pesukim. That's Miami also. It's not all bleak. Miami assures us, as he was assured on a personal level, that Klai Yisrael will be here and we'll be reading about this for many thousands of years, which we are. We're, we're being Mekayim the Nevuah right now as we sit here. Tzitzkiyo is still king and he's still very confounded and he doesn't know what to do. And deep down, he knows this Navi's and Navi Emes and everybody else is selling him a bill of goods. And he wants to confirm it because he would like, in theory, to do something about it. 
And that's why this next part is so crucial. Uh, crucial, shocking, sad, however you want to describe it. He sends a secret message. Remember, Yirmiyaz Lachatzah Matara and all the Rishoyim are standing around making sure he doesn't go anywhere. The Chatzah Matara is almost like a pshara. They took him out of the bar. So you ask, well, the other people are going to try to kill him again. Then that's possible. But at least they un- sort of understood without spelling out that the king sent people to drag him out. And the pshara will be, I'm not letting him free. He'll stay in this jail, a little more space, a little more air above ground. And we'll leave it at that. And they sort of left it at that. And Tzitzgiel sends a secret message, please come see me. Of course, the Melech can't go to the Chatzah Matara and walk in and start schmoozing with him. So he's going to have to do something more tonight to get him there to find out what the next move should be. I have one question for you. Please tell me the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I need to know what is going to transpire. Which again shows you with all the tainas and Sitkio that he didn't do it, he couldn't do it, he didn't want to do it, he did want to do it. He was up against a lot. That doesn't mean he's going to be exonerated. He's going to be terribly tortured for what he didn't do. But we're not there yet, and he wants to talk to him and hear it. I say hear it again would be better. He heard it already. But now he wants to hear it personally. Uh, A lot of it was heard secondhand, and you can imagine when he's talking in the shuk, his advisors did their utmost to make sure the message didn't really get to him very clearly. So he heard parts of it, and he heard some of it, and I don't know if he, how accurately he heard it. He calls at the uh, detriment uh, to his own safety and Yemiel's safety. He calls him to a meeting, and you know, secret meetings, they're secret until you get the tapes. So there are always secret meetings in government. Uh, we mentioned before, there's a strange notion out there that has always a kernel of truth that it's this uh, secretive operations that are hurting the public and we have to know everything that's going on in government from the president, CIA, FBI, and down. And we're entitled to all information because we have the age of information. So some of that we get because the people in power aren't always doing the right thing. It's an understatement. A lot of shady uh, things going on. And we demand to know. On the other hand, uh, WikiLeaks and everything go to it, it's a little ridiculous. You can't run a country without the ability to have espionage because the other people, the enemies, our bigger enemies, aren't playing by the same rules and never will. The Russians are still laughing about what's going on, the accusation or not accusation, real, imagine, whatever, but the thing, but they're having a good time, unfortunately, at the expense of your tax dollars. Because they're not, uh, and, then, and we warned them, we send them, it's a good thing, we sent them a stern warning because we have an election coming up in the AF, don't do that again. That's, um, so now everybody's calm because we warned them, what? Uh, so I'm saying, it's ridiculous, but you have to say something. So we say, we caught you this time, we're still not sure exactly the extent of it, but we caught you, and we're not even sure it swayed any votes, but we caught you, and whatever you did, please don't do it again. Okay, you got to say something, but... You know, to make everything uh, clear and completely transparent and nobody else is going to play by those rules, except for maybe our good friends, the Iranians, the Russians, you know, just a few exceptions. So, you know, it's, it's a little ridiculous. So here, uh, WikiLeaks would have said, this is not fair, he's calling him for a secret meeting in the middle of the night. The answer is, yeah, because there's only two tzaddikim in Yushalayim now who could possibly do something about it. That's the Navi who has the information, the king who might be able to do something about it. And you let this out, the Rishayim are going to kill both of them. 
Tzitiel didn't have any, he was afraid for his own life. So it was brave of him to call him, and he says, please tell me the truth, don't withhold anything. Yirmiyah is a very interesting answer. If I tell you the whole thing in one concise, brutally truthful version, you're going to kill me. Because Tzitkiel wasn't sure who was right over here. He still wasn't sure. He had this instinct, thing, instinct of a feeling, but he didn't, you know, he had many, many, many more people saying that Yermio is the one who's instigating and he's the one who's the revolutionary. Next page. Imagine. He's talking to the king. Now, we don't really fully understand this. We look so cute. We all know deep down the Sadiq's not going to do anything. And a king, uh, what kind of king is that? Uh, we live in democracy, so we say whatever we want. He's talking to the king, and you can't be chuspadik to the king. He's not trying to be chuspadik. And uh, he's in a pickle. He says, If I tell you, you might have to feel you have to kill me. And if I don't tell you, um, you might kill me. And if I tell you, you're not going to listen to me anyway. So, whatever I do, why is this going to help? Why did Yemiya say this? Well, he said this for a number, I believe, a number of reasons. He said it for the effect that, Your Highness, I, I'd love to be able to share with you everything if you really feel you're going to do something. If not, it's almost left me either. I'm going to tell you again straight, and you're going to hear it from me the first time, and you're not going to do anything. That's really going to be a kitrug. And it's dangerous for you, because your men find out about this meeting, they're going to want to know what happened, and if I tell you everything, uh, they're going to torture you, and you're going to be in trouble. Uh, so what exactly are we accomplishing in this meeting? We're putting ourselves both in more danger and not going to listen anyway. So that uh, is a prudent warning. And it also is going to force Sifkiel to really think about whether he wants to listen if he hears the message. So on many levels, Yemio felt this is important to say. So Tzitkio hears the question and he makes a shvur. Yishava Amel Tzitkio Yirmiyo Basei Salemar Chai Hashem Asher Asalano Esanefesh Hazais Now he really means this shvur and he's very firm deep down. Imam Yisecha I swear to HaKadosh Baruch Hu I'm not going to kill you. Number one. Number two V'im Etencha Biyad Anashem Eila Asher Vakshem Esnashecha And I'm not going to hand you over because I don't like the message, I'm not going to shoot the message, I'm not going to hand you over to your enemies to be killed. Okay, he swore. Of course, he didn't say anything about part two. Um, are you going to listen to the message? Are you going to do something about it? Tzitzkiel can't really make a sure. He doesn't know what the message is exactly. He's heard parts of it. And whatever parts he heard were a while ago, maybe a week, a month, two months ago, maybe things changed. He doesn't know what his reaction will be. But he promises, he swears not to kill him. So this is the first time we're seeing a Nevoah over here, apropos for the three weeks. The Nevoah now isn't do tshuva, this is your last chance. That was all the Nevoahs until now. Now the Nevoah is, it's all over, and this is how to mitigate damage. It's a very different Nevoah. It's a Nevoah nonetheless, and it could save a lot of lives, including... Tzitkiel and his family, which is important not just for him, but for Klayisrael. He says, they're coming, they might conquer, but they're not going to burn down the entire city. You could save something. 
which means it doesn't have to be a total obliteration of everything that's here, not to burn everything to the ground. It doesn't even say whether they have to actually destroy the whole base image. They're coming and they're taking over. And you have to surrender. That's clear from this Nevoah. But it doesn't have to be the horror that it ends up being. And you can still do a lot to make a Rasham here. Of course, the word surrender to Tzitkiel's men is, in Tzitkiel's mind, a death sentence for him and his family anyway. So it's going to be a very difficult thing to do, as it was in the time of Bayashani, and that's why Yechamazaka had to be smuggled out in a, co- in a coffin, because if he was alive and he said it, they would kill him. And he was given that Eitzah when he wanted to measure the mood of the people, which everybody knew, but he wanted the confirmation. He asked his nephew, who was loyal to him, even though he was a, one of the chief of the Bayanim, and he said, Dear uncle, if uh, you bring it up or I bring it up, we're both going to be dead. And therefore, um, smuggle yourself out of the city and get to get the Vespasians, there's no, otherwise it's not going to work. So, so more or less the same situation over here. The Maidlo over here is that the Yemiyo had protection and he's promising the Melech that will have protection. But you have to have a great giant leap of faith to be on Yemiyo's level and Tzitkio is almost there. Yemiyo is begging him to get there. That's why this is so dramatic. This is Mamish, the 11th and a half hour. Vim say and he spells out the flip side. Again, surrender you have to do. They won this battle. Nafkamina is, are they coming in and burning down the city? Or are they going to give you terms for some peace and leave? They're still quote-unquote conquered. The question is, are they coming in and burning it down? And you will not survive. Yemio probably knows that there's some escape route, which they built years ago, which they did, and there is. And Tzitkiyo, in his mind, is going to feel that's an option. And we all know the Chazal tell us that he will end up using that option and running and running and running for miles and miles. And Akash Baruch is going to arrange it that the soldiers should be chasing a deer up top as he's in the tunnel below. And he's going to come out exactly when they catch the deer. That deer is going to be sent to catch Sikio. You can run, you can't hide. But he's going to try. Not because he's a Russia, just he's down and feels helpless, and the last minute he might as well run. Interesting. He says, I'm worried about the people already defected. When I get there, they're going to torture me and make fun of me. He's also worried about the people here. But he's saying, Intim Salimar, I escape, and they don't kill me before I get there. I'm worried when I get to the enemy camp. He's not even worried about, he's worried about the enemy. He says, I'm worried about the Jews that defected already, that are already my enemies because they defected a while ago because they held I was doing the wrong thing, I should have surrendered already. So he says, even if I get there, I'm going to be tortured and humiliated. And Yermio assures him on this count as well that that's not true. And he begs him, please listen, don't worry, you will survive, you'll get there, they will treat you honorably, and you will save yourself, your family, and the city. And he again warns him, in the next few psukim, in very graphic terms, on what will happen if you don't do that. So we're not finished with it, I'm going to leave off in the middle of the conversation, but I want to go to the Peleyates and end off on a positive note, even though the Peleyates we're up to is about the Corbin. Turn to page Reish Lamid 
Zion. Very short. We don't know exactly in terms of day, but this is. I jumped to Lamed Hey. We're going to cover this in Malachim. So we still have a few Prochim to go. But the reason I picked this one is because the message is no longer everything will be fine and you're going to stay here and live happily ever after. It's, you're going to be under arrest and you're surrendering. Nafkamin is will the city be destroyed? Will the basement just be destroyed? Are they going to leave you alone? So. It's close by, but we'll first finish the vuh, and I'll show you Malachim what's going to transpire after that. I don't think we have the exact count in days. Take a look at page Reish Lamed Zayin. The piece we're going to go to is Chorben Beis for obvious reasons. Both Mitzad and Abishir, and Mitzad it's two weeks from Tishabov. Page Reish Lamed Zayin, the second line. There's so much to say, and this is only one page, because he focuses on one aspect of our Avelis. We have to remember it all year round. We have it all over our Shemana Esrei, all over Davening. We have it when we get married. We have it by our Simchas. And even when you eat, you would think when you eat, uh, you have to remember the churban, it can be not good for your digestion. We remember it when we eat, part of the zechel churban, which we don't really do today. It's hard to know what the din was, but it was a din. You set the table, very fancy kalim on the table, you should leave over one type of setting or something to have a zechel churban. We don't really do it today, I was not exactly sure what we're supposed to be leaving out. And the fancy meals we have, Shabbos and Yantiv, there's no need to leave anything out. And then by benching, the Zikaran is quite front and center. And one of the reasons we don't have a knife on the table during the week is we're afraid that somebody, as they're benching, will get so distraught, he might try to commit suicide, Rahman Can you imagine a madrega like that? Uh, I th- I think if we unfortunately ask people after they bench, uh, are you distraught? We say, distraught about what? That we didn't have seconds of dessert? What? You have to look back and say, oh, yeah, yeah, benching taka, rachain, b'nei yushalayim. It's like pretty central theme in benching. And Chazal was scared, the madrig of Yid, not right after the Chorba, I'm talking about years later. And the din is still a din, keep the knives off the table. So, it's uh, Shaga Feivel used to you know, be near fainting when he thought about colorless issues. And, and that's, uh, I picked that name because it's somebody at least we know of. It's, it's hard to imagine, but at least during the three weeks when we bench, you know, Rachem go a little slower. And the, uh, the problem is there's, the whole benching is a school of Rapanasa, the only school that mentioned the Bishainim, Beferish, like the Sefer Achinach. But we find it hard to focus because there's no one line that says it. There are a few lines that says it. But Brechalina, we know that's the Brach Shman so at least we put on the brakes over there. But it is a school of Rapanasa, the entire benching, and half of it is focused on Chorban and Tila Fergula and Betar, remembering the Chesed after all the bodies were buried. A lot of tragedy that we're referring to in benching. So at least during the three weeks. Even though we're eating, and most of the time, Baruch Hashem, we have daiva what to eat, 
but the shulchan of Kadosh Baruch Hu is empty, and the mezbeach is empty. The shulchan is empty. Beis Mitzvah isn't here. V'chaim belayla l'reisha shmuris. I mentioned this after Shabbos of Atamas, that one of the ways, perhaps, if you happen to be up in the middle of the night, most of us are, it's not so late, and I don't think it's Baltais if you say it before, just usually say the Chatzais, it's Midas Arachimim, uh, to say a few lines, it's in every Siddur about Tikkun Lech Chatzais, about the Golos Ashchina. Chaim B'lai L'Rosh HaShemur is Yerim HaSeid, the Tikkun Chatzais, B'Kol B'chia, Aniya V'Aniya, Yeser, Yemisha Mesa Mutalofanov, I find it a Pella that the Pella Yeitz, who didn't live that long ago, said this seriously, that he held that Yidin were up to doing this. So I don't know if we're up to the part about Bakol Bechia, but something, at least recognized in the sitter, say it, stop for a moment in the middle of our summer where we're trying to have a good time and remember the uh, Corbin, which in America is uh, challenging. And we, and even his time, had trouble feeling it and had trouble taking responsibility for causing it. And when I say causing it, we didn't cause the Chorban, because I'll say if it's not rebuilt, we're part of the problem. And he has another shtickle, which I will get to, on the themes of Avelis. He's going to mention one, which we'll see right now. So there are two levels. In general, you shouldn't have Avelis and Schoik because life is serious and we have a lot to do. But the context... He feels the Gemara is primarily after the Churban, you're in Gullis. We hope it's a sweeter Gullis and we hope there's no persecution and we can do what we need to do, but you've got to remember you're in Gullis and that's one of the main sources for Asr La'adam Shemalaz Chalpibar Part two. So people find that difficult already. It's very American to have a theme in life that, no, we're here to have a good time and the more you laugh, the more of a good time you're having. As Amisha wonders, the Americans seem to be here to have a good time. And he says that like a Russian Tamiya, like that's the point of life, to have a good time. So some people tell him, yeah, we're going to hire a kosher comedian. First of all, that's an oxymoron. Uh, kosher comedian means everything has to be glock kosher, nothing can be off color, and, and the campaign is Russian har rechilis. So what are you going to talk about? Like, what's, what's left? I'm not saying it's impossible, but the venue of um, you know, old good Jewish jokes, uh, they exist, but they're a little harder to find as time goes on. And okay, you have to relax once in a while, you have to laugh, you, you pick somebody up, and you, there's room for that. But that's not the theme in life. That's not what we're here for, to get the next joke and to be able to either make people laugh harder or laugh harder ourselves, especially when you're trying to remember the Chorban. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have Simcha Sachayim. Two different things. Shaila is what the Matara is. Is Simcha Sachayim the way to get to Elevated of Yisrael Hashem, which it certainly is, or is the point to have a good time? Second part, which makes us feel very uncomfortable. This is the source of Ramesha's Tshuva, where Ramesha says, we're still trying to figure out how any music is ever usr, is ever mutter. And it's usr at least during the three weeks in Sphira, because then it's supposed to be a time of Avelis. You read the first part of the Tshuva, it's all Gemara's. So you didn't know. He said, well, music's awesome. Well, no, it's mutter by a simcha. It's a mitzvah by a simcha. But the fallback position is also because of the churban all year round. So Meshach says, no, at least during the three weeks and during sphere was the time of Avelis. 
So you have to know, as I always say, where every sugya comes from, where you're starting off. Here we're starting off on the wrong foot. We have a problem with all year round. Moshe is a serious problem that he thinks it should be usher. The reason we're mekel is because, okay, people have a problem with some and if it is kosher music, if it is coming from a good source, and it gives you an ali and ruchnius, and we need extra for some chasachayim, because we have a problem with some chasachayim. So fine, so that will make a lot, but at least make her a dim when it's a time of churban. And now, because of that same problem in the first place, they have a cappella and they're different madrigas, not cappella. A lot of it is a problem because it's instruments made by computers. That's a problem. Sometimes you just have voices. Okay, if that's the dar needs. It's hard to say it's usher. But that's Higu for the problem, where we always feel we need it, so we're constantly trying to get around the Ramesha is not happy about the whole scene the whole year, but at least Zman Khurban, which is what the Peliyad says. Right, says the ear that hears it uh, should Rahman not get punished. So this is a question after Chorban all year round, at least for the three weeks and the other Zmanim that we're supposed to be having the Avelis, and we will continue in Mitzvah Shem.